Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Harmony, and I'm really excited that you're here today to meet my friend, Lisa Lalier. Lisa is born and raised in Stockholm, Sweden, and she owns the Yoga Shala Stockholm with her sister, Lota Lalier. She is an authorized level two Ashtanga Yoga teacher and a devout student of R. Sharat Joyce. In this episode, you're going to hear about uh, leaving a marriage at a young age to pursue her dreams and um, some of the trauma that Lisa experienced and how she's used therapy in conjunction with yoga to help overcome some of these obstacles that have come up emotionally, uh, mentally through the practice, but also to help process them uh, in a really healthy and transformative way. Uh, I met Lisa in 2004 in Mysore on her first trip there, and she was there without her two young boys, which she had left uh, back in Stockholm. And uh, we talk a little bit about how difficult that is to travel as a woman, as a mother, and leave your children at home uh, in the care of, you know, a loving father or grandparents or someone, some other caregiver, and some of the judgment that often gets passed uh, onto us as women when we travel or pursue our dreams or our careers and, and how that showed up for her in her life. So I know you're going to just love meeting Lisa if you don't know her already and listening to her story. It's beautiful and profound. She has such insight and wisdom into the practice, um, you know, never being someone who is very flexible. Uh, she was said by Maria Books, uh, who was her teacher, to um, have been the stiffest student that she ever had met or seen, and uh, to continue uh practicing through all of that and eventually um, becoming a level two authorized teacher working into the beginning of third series, which is amazing. Um, you know, she didn't start yoga at a young age. Uh, she started in her uh, mid-30s. And so uh, it's been a, a long ongoing process of just daily practice and little by little things have transformed and changed. So I hope that you enjoy uh, meeting Lisa and listening to her story. And I just wanted to let you know about another wonderful opportunity coming your way, which is a fundraiser that has been put together by my friend Lara Land. It is for her nonprofit organization, Three and a Half Acres. Uh, Three and a Half Acres was actually named after uh, something that our teacher, uh, Sharat Joyce, had said, uh, which was that if we all could plant three and a half acres of trees uh, every human would have enough air to breathe on the planet. Um, and so it is connected with this idea of interconnectedness, yoga, breathing, mindfulness techniques, and they have a special interest and focus on communities who have experienced trauma and teaching trauma-informed uh, yoga and how to teach trauma-informed yoga uh, to yoga teachers as well. So it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful event. It all kicks off 
this Friday on December 2nd with a puja, an opening puja, and an introduction. Uh, Eddie Stern will be uh, doing the puja. That's at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and you'll get to hear from Lara. And then all month long, actually, all the way up until Christmas, you can join many different classes. Um, there'll be a class offered by Adam Keene, David Swenson, Alexandra Santos, um, the philosopher, uh, philosophy professor, Dr. Sham Ranganath, as well as Greg Nardi, uh, Donna Noble, Angela Jameson, Nia Ferrier, uh, myself, I'll be teaching on Sunday, December 19th, which will be a guided primary series with a relaxing yoga nidra following. And there'll even be some chanting with Nina Rao and Krishna Das and many other teachers such as Lisa Shremp, uh, Bibi Lorenzetti, David Griggs, and Santina Jardina Chard. So um, there's all kinds of classes for you to participate in throughout the month and some very special prizes and bonuses also to be won. So if you uh, are one of the top donors, if you donate $100 or more, you can receive a one-month premium membership to OMSTARS. That's Keno McGregor's online membership site. And also the donor who donates the largest amount gets a really amazing uh, prize package, which is a six-month membership to Ohm Stars, and also one of Barry Silver's beautifully designed, custom-made, unique tarot decks. They will be a limited edition and something that you absolutely want to invest in and um, and receive. And you'll also receive Lara Land's uh, Bliss Book, which is her coach planner. So it's an awesome event. Uh, head on over to my website. You will find all of the information on my class and how to donate and get access to all of these classes and all of these teachers in the coming month. Um, and yeah, you can also find the link in my Instagram bio. So uh, without further ado, here's Lisa. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Harmony, and I'm here with Russell Case. Harmony, I was um, speaking to our research department. Oh, no, not again. And no, no, they, they give us good feedback, sweetie. <laughs> and uh, they came to us and they said that, um, I think it's an overwhelming number of our listeners, uh, 40%, which I think is four out of the 10, uh, our our Swedish listeners, a big population of our listeners are from Sweden. Really, that's true. That's shocking. It is. It is unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually unbelievable. Um, so, well, uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to have uh, another uh, Swedish uh, Svenska on the show today. Yeah, that's why we've invited Lisa Lalia. Hello, Lalia. Lisa. Hi. It's so nice to have you here. We're so excited that you are joining us today on this episode. Oh, thank you. Welcome so nice to, to be the, here. Welcome to the show. Now, most of our um, Schwenskas that we've had on the show have been very shy. You're not going to be shy today, are you, Lisa? Let's see. I don't think so. I don't think so shy. <laughs> but you never know. It might change. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We're looking for salacious details about your um, your past. So salacious. anything that you wouldn't normally tell anyone, just feel uh -huh. free to speak up. 
Well, you know, Lisa and I, we shared our first trip in Mysore together. Oh, you guys were doing a load of drugs back then. (laughs) No, we weren't. (laughs) Mostly (laughs) anti-inflammatories. No, but we had had a, a lovely trip together meeting in Mysore in 2004. And we've been there many, many times since then together, which is, yeah, it's just been so wonderful to have, you know, this friendship across the globe, you know, where we just come together and meet in in Mysore, India. And that's just such a, I don't know, it's a beautiful thing to have, you know, real soul sisters and friends that are, you know, of your heart that you don't live near and live in other countries and cultures. And then we just all come together in Mysore, India. And I really miss that. Yeah. So do I. It's a beautiful way of connecting and it's a beautiful way of finding friends or staying friends, I think. Yeah. And it's so unique. You know, it's we take it for granted being in our Ashtanga yoga bubble that people have these connections with other people around the world yeah, <laughs> or even in their own cities. But it's actually really difficult to make like heart-centered friendships with people and really connect with people. It's it's a very unique thing that we have with this practice and with this community. Especially when so many people are put off when they meet me. <laughs> it's really sort of very difficult to make friendships. Well, you have your own <laughs> challenges making friends. <laughs> I just, I would just want most, there might be some of our listeners who are out there today who may not know Lisa as well as you. So I just want to give a short intro if I could. Okay. So uh, Lisa Lalia is the head teacher and owns Yogashala Stockholm together with her sister Lotta Lalia. Now, it says here, Google translated this from this original Swedish, Lisa is a certified Ashtanga yoga teacher at Patabi Joyce's Ashtanga Yoga Research Institute in Mysore, India. Is that true? Are you certified now? (laughs) <laughs> no no it's not i wish that's google translate i'm sorry i have the oh. conversation level two so, oh that's so, so disappointing it's not going to be in my stars i think but i'm very really happy you don't yeah. think so <laughs> no i don't think where, so <laughs> where are you at now in the practice uh i just I, in the beginning of the third series oh yeah you've got a long yeah. way to go i do yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I stopped about halfway through and I I um my last trip and everything fell apart for me. So I think I'm I think I'm done. I think I'm what they call in America uh you, you have these um middle-aged athletes are about 37 at 38 and they're washed up. Have you have you ever heard that expression? Yeah, it, it not sounds really. like a like it sounds like a dead body that's washed up yeah. on the beach. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what happened to me. Yeah, I'm not sure you're right. Actually, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you don't seem washed up to me. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> um, so, but do you feel like you're still progressing in the practice? Do you feel like you could you could squeeze out another posture? Well, um, I might. Yeah, I think more. It's it's more that I'm. I'm pretty content with I mean I'm very happy where I'm at I, and I'm very grateful for this body that's been so uh, kind and um, able to evolve over these years so so you know I, I'm not going anywhere with it I feel I'm very content at my age 
Wow. Yeah, I don't feel like my body's been kind to me. <laughs> it's, it's not a kindness what my body does to me. I've, you know, more like, um, it's like a heart attack, you know, where you're oh, in your spine, where your heart attacks you <laughs> during the night. You're having a spinal attack. It's like my spine and my body attacks me in the middle of the practice. It's very aggressive. I, I feel like my body's very aggressive towards me. Oh, um, maybe yeah. you need to be kinder to it. Yeah, I think. Oh, so. you think it's me? Yeah, you think it's me? <laughs> okay, that's uh, funny. Well, I should be kind. I should, yeah, it's a give and take. You have a unique connection with one of our past guests, Lisa. You were um, Maria Books's student, weren't you? Yes, definitely. I was for 10 years. You know, we have a whole question list. I know. And you don't read them. <laughs> and it's on the question list. There's a flow to these things. Yeah, but I wanted to just like talk about Maria oh, and, and just... her practice and where she came from in the practice because Maria told you that you were the stiffest student she'd ever seen, right? Yeah, she did. Oh, but she told said that kind of after some years in the practice and she said it with a lot of love. She, yeah. she thought when we taught together, I was assisting her. She thought I was a good example for the students that thought they, they felt that they weren't good enough or flexible enough or whatever. So she always said, at least it's okay. I tell them the story. Uh, and then she <laughs> told the story. <laughs> Lisa so was sweet. actually the, the stiffest person I've ever seen. Wow. wow. But she said it wow. from her heart. Definitely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Also, you were assisting her. You had a very nice relationship at the yeah, time. We did. We did. So, definitely. So can you. Walk us through your very first sun salutation. What couldn't you do? <laughs> I, I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything almost. I, I was able to hold myself, I, as I recall, okay in Chaturanga for a very short while. But, but I couldn't barely touch my you know, knees when I was bending forward. And, and wow. yeah, it, was, it yeah. was very, very stiff. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. I... I remember the same thing that I would bend forward to, to kind of reach towards my toes and I would have like this nauseating sickness in my calves. Yeah. It was like, oh, that's not nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Were yeah. you a runner? Yeah. Me? Yeah. No, nothing. That, the problem was nothing. that I, I never did anything. I never, I, you know, I, I didn't exercise much or train anything. Lotta, my, my sister, she was the athlete in that respect. She was a very, very good um, table tennis player. So she kind of, table of did tennis all of that. Player. Yeah, yeah. And you describe Super. that as an athlete. <laughs> yeah, actually, because she was practicing, training all the time. So, so hard. Uh, so many hours a week. So she kind of had that role in the family. So, so I, I, I didn't train anything. You know, it's interesting. You um, you talk about your sister a lot, and you talk about her getting you into Ashtanga Yoga. I think. Do you think she can get on the show with you today? Can you? Because I think, well, like the two of you should be on the show together. We'll have to interview Lota separately. I think you should definitely interview Lota. And she, I mean, she she can't be here because she's in Italy on a, a very nice vacation with her husband. They're celebrating twenty years. Uh, uh, this week, so so can you, this year. So. Can you get Friendless. her on the phone, maybe? <laughs> no. <laughs> does she I mean, speak because, English? <laughs> yeah, she does. She doesn't yeah. like to speak English. She speaks <laughs> much better than she thinks. But she's kind of a, a kind of wine and truffles trip, so she doesn't have time. Uh, she's doing other she, right now. Does she hate English? <laughs> I love that wine. Not is, at it all. A, <laughs> is it a hatred for the Germanic languages? Is that? 
No. I want to have a wine and truffles trip. That sounds delightful. We, <laughs> when we have a moment, we will go. Well, I want to go too. Yeah. So you've mentioned that your sister is the one that got you into Ashtanga yoga. Mm-hmm. How did? But how did she get into it? Like, wh- what's going on in Sweden that she can just walk into a yoga class? Why would? Why did she do that? I think my sister, she's she's an explorer. Uh, she's a, t- a traveler, an explorer, and and curious like that. And I don't know exactly how she ended up uh, at the Yoga Shala Stockholm with Maria the, that first time, but she did with a friend. And she really enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, she's my older sister. And she, she quite often, and, and she's right quite often, thinks that she has ideas that I should, you know, do. So she <laughs> called me and said, because at the time I was very, uh, I was not in a good shape at all, mentally or physically. And, and, and I was um, stressed out. So she called me and said, I think this is something for you. Even though she knew that, that you know, I'm not, I didn't train. And, and she know I, that was pretty hard. And it took some time, and then then I decided to give it to a friend uh, as a birthday gift because he was stressed out. <laughs> and then I came with him, <laughs> and and um, I stayed. He did that wow. weekend course and a few other classes, but I was kind of stuck there. <laughs> yeah. You were I you were t- you were twenty nine at the time. Yeah, yeah. And and you said that you were in too much pain even to kind of play with your children with knee and hip pain and all yeah. of that. That's yeah. amazing. You're so young to have that kind of pain. And Yeah, I was, I mean, like I said, because I didn't, I didn't take care of my body. I didn't care for my body and didn't like it very much. Um, uh, so mm-hmm. kind of my first really physical experience was when I gave birth. Uh, and uh, wow. when I really connected to my body, uh, and, and I think it's, 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 I think I just, I neglected it for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay. then coming into the practice, I had been up, nor- no, I had been in uh, Austria skiing and I hurt my knee really badly. So that was okay. part of, of finding something to, to heal my knee as well. Right. So, so, so you were a skier. You, did you ski your whole life? No, I, 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 rather than good, I like to, to ski and go up north uh, or mm-hmm. down south to the Alps, but but um, it was occasionally like that with friends right. or with the family when I was little, but not so much. I think it's just the thing you have to do if you want groceries in Sweden. You have to, just, <laughs> you yeah. have to, ski <laughs> to get your groceries. Down the hill. That's it's just yeah, a way of life there. Yeah. Especially in Stockholm, it, it's like yeah. that. It, you know, in the winter time, we just put on the skis and you go to the yeah, shower, just, wherever. Just like Canada, we live <laughs> in igloos up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know I was like. skiing yeah. just this morning. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm sure we go. Did. We go to school with our dog sled team in yeah, Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The child. I just put. I strapped Jetty to my back in a pupusa. Yeah. Um, oh, perfect. Go. Perfect. Um, I wonder. You've described uh, in in your writings about yourself. You've described yourself as being in a very kind of stressed place. Um, you weren't taking care of yourself very well, and I wonder if if you believe that maybe your mental state had also something to do with your physical state at that time, do you think that was impacting you? Definitely. I think I was holding a lot of mental stuff in my body. Absolutely. What what do you think, what was going on with you at that point? Uh, You're 28, 29. What what was, what happened? I had uh, recently uh, gotten divorced from my son's father uh, and I was working at the same time, trying to create some kind of, career or some do something successful on, on my life work-wise uh, and I had the idea that, that 
first of all, before the divorce, I tried to keep this marriage and this family like as perfect as I could. Uh, and I, 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 I put too much demand on myself, I think. Um, so I, I, I got burnt out. I, I got the divorce and I, I, I just continued to work and do what a lot of people do. You know, too much of everything. Right. What, what were you doing for work at that time? At that time, I was was working for a big Swedish uh, food company. Uh, mm-hmm. First as a sales salesperson, and then I was in the IT um, <laughs> section, which is very strange because that's not something that I do or understand. But I was anyway. So, but <laughs> that's stressful on its own. Yeah. I definitely. <laughs> well, well, and how was, old yeah. were your children? Uh, they were. Uh, how old are they now they're born 94 and 96 so they were were not that old at the time they were kind of small still four and six wow yeah that's sometimes yeah. that's the age when it's like the last straw it's just <laughs> yeah. too much yeah well, what was what was the last straw for you in in your divorce what what's what did you think i can't do this anymore with this guy um we were very different in many ways. And I think when the, as the boys got and we got out of that stage when they were really small, I started to think about what I wanted to do with myself. And I realized uh, one thing is that I wanted to study. And I actually, when I was home with my youngest son, I woke up one morning and I was like, I'm going to be a school teacher, which mm. I never thought of before. It was kind of like a, a strong thought that I felt that I really need to do this. And when I told my husband, he said, what are you thinking? No, you can't. You can't go back to school and study at university for, for like five years because we have this. We have the apartment, the car, and the, the children. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. And that kind oh, of he put his was foot a down. start. Yeah, it was a start for yeah. me to feel like I can't have, have someone deciding that for me because I always knew that I wanted to study. I just had to figure out what I wanted to study, what subjects like that. So, yeah. so I, I think that's kind of started something in me and where I felt like this can't work. We can't control right. each other in that way. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, the, the, when kids are, the kids are small and it's, it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And we were young, very young. Yeah. Well, if, if yeah. that, if, if you were like that, Harmony, every time I put my foot down, you'd been out the door most days. <laughs> yeah. You're much, yeah. I'm not so good with feet down. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I, uh, I actually, I was in the middle of couples therapy in San Francisco, I was, we'd been in and out of couples therapy in my previous marriage, like for about 10 years. Yeah. And I was in the middle of therapy. And um, for the upteenth time, I'd been told, you know, that I was um, a little, a little too weird. And I just had it. I said, No, I'm a normal person. I'm a very yeah. normal person. And I, and I, I walked out. And yeah. that was it. I just, I said, I'm, I'm done feeling like a, a freak in this, yeah. in this marriage. Yeah. And so I married someone who really, who really likes me. So I'm, I'm much happier. That's the way to go, right? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta find the people that appreciate you for sure. Yeah, that's it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And did you end up then going back to school after you left your marriage? I did. Actually. Wow. Yeah. With yeah, two young kids. Yeah. Holy That, that was not good for my, my economy, but it was, it was worth it. It wasn't so good for it. your economy, but it was good for your soul. <laughs> it was very good for my soul. Yeah, it was. What, 
But what was the origin of the the idea? You woke up and this image materialized to you. I'm going to be a school teacher. Yeah. Were your were one of your parents teachers? Was it something that where, where did the calling come from? Yeah, that's interesting because I have no idea actually. Because until then I was very much the opposite. I could never see myself as a teacher because I was so afraid of standing in front of people and talking like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the next thought after that first thought, I, wow, I'm going to be a school teacher. That's what I want to do. And the next thought was, but I can't do that because I'm too afraid. Oh. So it took a few years uh, to kind of process all of this. I have no idea where it come, came from. I know I, I really like kids and um, teenagers. And I, I, I mean, I always did. Uh, yeah. so, so that's a part of it, to, to work with young people for sure. But to be a teacher, no, I have no idea. It was just a very, very strong mm. feeling. Were you in in talk therapy at this time as well? Were you, were you also kind of trying to figure some things out? Yeah, I did. After divorce, I I, I went to to therapy, and, uh, and that was yeah. helping you kind of figure out what it was you wanted and needed. It really did. It was. I'm I'm very very happy that I did that, and I've done it many times since. You know, it's 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 if you find the right therapist. Mm-hmm. And for you, I think it, it's it's one of the best things you can give yourself uh, when when you need to. Well, how does that process work for you? I mean, how do how do how do they help? By putting all these feelings into to words uh, and to see them clearer, I think for me that's mm-hmm. been very helpful um, because I'm I'm a very worried person and I have a lot of always had a lot of anxiety and that's kind of a lot of feelings at the same time. So I've learned and I'm still learning to, to separate the feelings from one another and, and see, actually understand what it is I'm feeling and why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's helpful to have somebody to reflect back to you yeah. some of your thoughts, some of your feelings, and then you can actually kind of see them as objects rather than feel attached to them. Exactly. And, and someone who can ask the right questions uh, for us to, to figure out the answer to. Yeah, like reframe things and see things in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Have have you felt like with the practice of Ashtanga yoga that sometimes like it's brought up different thoughts or feelings or memories or emotions? And have you ever like had the experience of having the therapy help you sort through those things? Definitely. Many, many times uh, to kind of to enter this body in the shape it was in in uh, and get help from from maria as my teacher and and with the um, um, adjustments to get connected with my body a lot of, of my emotions came up strongly many many times so it was very mm-hmm. helpful to to have the therapy to to start to work that out and figure out what what, what it was all about yeah it's so surprising i think especially like when you're a new practitioner um and you have those experiences of of like, you know, in your hamstrings, you know, your hamstrings yeah. stretching and feeling like a lot of fear or your hips opening and like sobbing and crying. Yeah. And it can be kind of confusing. Yeah, definitely. I think so. And so I think it's, it's I'm, I recommend the students that are seem open for it, that, that it could be a, an idea to, to seek counseling or, or combine it with the practice if it's a lot of stuff going on. Because I mean, mm-hmm. as a yoga teacher, you can only be a yoga teacher. I can't be their therapist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And for a student, it can be it can be terrifying to be going through this this process of of change, where when you do a do any kind of physical 
posture that's outside of your habit. Mm. Yeah. You know, so if you do a forward bend, but you're not used to touching your toes or you do a back bend and you're used to being curled up in the closet, terrified, you know, as, as I was, um, <laughs> to, to you experience the body in a, in an emotional place. And it's like yes. immersion therapy where we're going to, we're just going to, we're going to just touch the edge of this sensation in, in a back bend, And you're going to experience these emotions. They're terrifying. And you're going to, and then, you know, you're the teacher then tells you, okay, you're safe now. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. I've, then I'm, I'm getting more and more adjusted to this new habit of holding my body. But yeah. you're still like you go home sobbing all day. <laughs> yeah, right? sometimes, most sometimes. of the time, <laughs> you know. And um, I, you know, and I, I would like not go to sleep at night because I didn't want to wake up. The last thing <laughs> yeah. I wanted to do was wake up and do kapadasana. Yeah. Do kapadasana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like um, yeah. having somebody to talk to, like that's really where the sangha comes in. I think the sangha is like also like the place of a therapist in a way. Yes. Yes, but I if agree. you don't have that, you know, if you don't necessarily have that, I think you'd see how a, a talk therapist could be really ideal as a compliment. Yeah. Also, if you're yeah. dealing with like really like real trauma, like a trauma background or oh, things, sure. you really yeah. need somebody who has the credentials and the experience to yeah. help you in a way yeah. that's more than just, you know, your yoga teacher or your friend. <laughs> definitely. I think that that can yeah. be essential for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's just so interesting the way that the mind and the body are completely connected and, and yeah. what you experience in your body is really from the way that you, you form your identity. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the beauty or the magic when the body releases a lot of mo emotions that shouldn't be there anymore and you dare to let go and how the body opens. It's yeah. Quite amazing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, this is, this is such a beautiful thing that I, I want to touch upon because we, you know, started talking about how Maria would use you as this example of somebody who was so stiff, you know, you, when you folded forward, you couldn't, you know, barely touch your knees uh, you couldn't bend back. You didn't have a back bend. You didn't have a forward bend. I'm assuming your hips were also very stiff, especially oh, very. if you were skiing. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's kind of stiff in all directions. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yes. And then it's a blessing, actually. And then, in an interesting way, I mean, through your your commitment, your dedication, and you know, the daily practice, and just working with your body. You know, I would assume, I mean, to me, your practice is always very like gentle, very non-ambitious. It's just very attentive. Um, you know, you were able to receive authorization level two, which means you finished second series and now you're working into third series and all of this like through your 30s and 40s. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's nice to live in a body that and when people say, you know, that I wish I was, you know, had a body like I had in the, in my twenties, I was so strong. And I was like, and I was like, Hmm, I can't relate to that, but I'm stronger, <laughs> you know, and more flexible than I've ever been now when I'm 50. Yeah. And I feel that I can, I can continue to become stronger. It's, it's, it's quite amazing. So that's why I feel like my body is very kind to me. Yeah. And that's just yeah. so beautiful. Like this unpeeling of the onion or like the, the kneading yeah. of the clay or something, you know, to yeah. make it soft and malleable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's wonderful actually. Mm. Yeah. I, I think it honestly, 
it is a blessing to be as as Guruji would say, blessed stiff, or Richard would even talk about the blessing of, of stiffness, because it's so easy to get hurt when yeah. you have, um, oh gosh, what's that word when you're very- Lax, laxity. You, in la- your... you have hyperlaxity in your joints. Yeah. It's so easy to tear them and break them. Yeah. And then you can end up being really, really broken by that. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to, to, if you don't mind, I wanted to ask you a um, kind of a more personal question. These yep. questions are all deeply personal. Um, you've you've said in your writing that you've had a very, you have a, that you have a very wonderful relationship with your mom, uh, and you said and your dad. Are those are those separate relationships? Are they in different homes? Yeah, they're in different homes. Okay. Yeah. And, so, yeah. And you said that um, I guess. Like uh, like I did, uh, you grew up in quite a broken home with some destructive behavior. What did that look like? So it's interesting that you have such a wonderful relationship with him now, but that it was quite destructive when you were a child. Can you describe that? Uh, yeah, um, they got divorced. My mom and dad got divorced when I was three, and my dad have had um, alcohol problems his whole life, I think. Um, and my mother found a new man and he was very abusive uh, physically so there was alcohol abuse and there was physical abuse in, in for quite many years um, so I, I mean yeah that, that, that kind of shaped me in, in not a very good way yeah that like leads probably to your sense of feeling like anxious and worried yeah um, it, it lends itself to that pattern and also that holding of tension in your body yeah. yeah. Can I ask you with both of these then there there might be a a tendency you know with your mom to have resentment towards her the choices of partners that she had there might be re- resentment towards your father for his his behavior uh, how did the, but how did you grow out of these resentments if that's true and have and develop and evolve wonderful relationships with them um that's a good question. Uh I think I think with my mom it changed when I gave birth to my my second son, uh, Alex, my oldest son, he came through C-section and Jonathan the youngest was delivered the normal way so to speak. And and in the middle of, of labor I kind of said to my husband, "I want my mom." <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> and he said, "Should I call your mom?" Yes. And I spoke to my mom and she said, the first thing, first thing she said was, Lisa, do you want me to come? And I said, yes. And she was there when, when my youngest son uh, was born. And oh, I could wow. never have pictured that before I went into labor. Yeah. Yeah. I could never picture that I would, would want to call my mom. But that made me realize how much she means to me. And I think since then, we have been working and working and working on our relationship. Uh, and I'm just super happy that it's kind of like I got a second chance to to have a great mom. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Yeah, it's, that's it's, so beautiful. Uh, wow, yeah. it's like you you birthed the new relationship to your mother while you were birthing your second son. Yeah, that, that's how it starts. It started anyway, and I, I yeah, exactly. I I just I felt that this is the person that really really knows me best, and mm. when she came into the room. I could just let everything go, and I knew she was there. Um, yeah, and that was it. Wow. So that yeah. 
So that's how that changed. My father, we have had have had difficult years, many, many, many years. I think it's it's lately we have found our way back to each other um, again. Uh, and also, my I'm I'm in many ways similar to my dad. He's he's kind of the person who also gets me the most because we we have similar personalities in many ways mm. with uh, the way we feel and and with the anxiety like that. So so we have a fragile uh, relationship, but quite beautiful today. Mm-hmm. We communicate a lot through email. We write to each other. That works really well. Nice. It, it's it's interesting how um, technology can can sometimes it can change a relationship. And I I found that um, with um, with my dad, the best thing for him was to be able to text me. Yeah. And because I, I think because he's a little autistic, he finds the intensity of of a phone call um, a little awkward and disconcerting. Yeah. And so, but texting, he can send me a picture of a machine yeah. and then talk about it, which is really what he, yeah. how he expresses love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, whereas, That's um, not a bad way. it's with my mom, I find being with my mom personally quite exasperating. Yeah. Like I just get so frustrated with her in person. Like she's just so emotional about each, each thing that's going on. That I just like, I just want to throw up my hands and, you know, like, like please stop. But over the yeah. phone, uh, it's fine. We, yeah. we don't have any of that. And just over the phone, we can just talk uh, like people. And it's really funny the way that these relationships shift with a different kind of medium. Media, yeah, it is, it is definitely, and I think oh, one thing is that my my fa- father has um, a hearing disorder as well. But but it's also we, we get easily frustrated with each other when we are in the same room for a longer period of time, <laughs> wow. like that. Whereas when we can write to each other and and kind of listen to each other like that, because we can read in the pace you want to, we, we right. find each other. We can connect much much better. Whereas with my mom, I talk on the phone or I can be with her and I, I you know we communicate verbally. In a very good way, in a very nice yeah. way, on the phone or, or like meeting. How does your your sister get along with your with your folks? Yeah, she should she should talk about that more. But it, it, different relationships anyway. <laughs> my, me and my sister are very different, and 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 she has a different relationship. Definitely both with my mom and my dad. I, she, I wouldn't say it's better or worse. It's just different. I think. She didn't exactly have the same mystical experience during birth that you have. No, she didn't. I don't. Mm. I'm, yeah, I shouldn't say, but but I yeah I could say because she would agree. I think I, I don't think she would ever uh, say that mom should come to the the living room when she had her son. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is it is it quite easy to, to work with your sister? I mean, even though you are quite different, it was a natural partnership. Yeah. It is, and especially in that respect that we are so different, and we also have different assignments at the Shala. Lotta is not teaching; she never did, and, mm. and she's taking care of the administration and and the kind of the company aspect of of the Shala, which I'm really really terrible at. So mm-hmm. we have had clear assignments or clear roles at the Shala from start, and so we kind of complement you know we're a good team together. Yeah, that's nice. It's nice yeah. to have someone who's like really good at the business side and can just focus yeah. on that and doesn't have to work as a teacher. And then you can just do what you love and work as yeah. a teacher and still have like input and and 
talk about the business side, but not have to like deal with all the administrative stuff. Exactly. And she, she's amazing. She's also, you know, she's, she's very creative and she has good ideas and she's brave. She dared to kind of develop things in, in a way mm-hmm. that I'm, I wouldn't do by myself. And, and right. also, you know, yeah, so many things because it wouldn't be working if, if I would run it by myself because I'm terrible with money. And in that respect, I don't like to, to, for people to pay, even though they should definitely pay. But it should be much more problems. She's clear yeah. and, and very good at what she's doing. She's super. Well, yeah. So I could, I'm not sure I could do it with my brother. Actually, no, I but would, your brother is a different sort. He's a horse of a different color. Um, <laughs> I, he would not be the business mind behind the business. Well, Let's no. put it that way. <laughs> and I don't know if I could, if I could really stand up and and ask for what I want and be assertive. Oh yeah. I would just be so different. I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be able to 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 be myself. It is quite unique to be able to work with your family members, though. Yeah. I can't. I mean. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think, and and I think when we grew up, we could have never, we would never have thought that this is what we would do together. It came later when we were young adults, and we had yeah. kind of ideas that we wanted to do something else very early, than than just uh, sit at a, a desk at the office and and have a boss that you don't like. And we had had many creative ideas that we wanted to do things way before yoga came into our lives. So so I, it was kind of already a little seed there that we wanted to do something together. And then, I mean, you can never foresee what it's going to be like. And we're sisters, definitely. So we disagree on things. But we also have been open to and we have had um, taken help all these 12 years when we have needed to get a third person in, like a coach or something, when we feel that we we need to figure this out. We we can't agree or we don't agree about this. So how can we move on from this? So so we we kind of quickly we go like, okay, we need to get someone in now. (laughs) So we don't end up in in a really bad Place. That's yeah. incredible. I have this picture of, of you and Lotta kind of wrestling in the middle of the Meister room over <laughs> a calculator. And it must have been awful, really, to have to, for the students to see that. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate, that's so, that's so interesting, though. I appreciate, appreciate your, your wisdom and insight so much to like reach outside of the relationship to bring or even like reach outside of yourself to get uh, you know, a second perspective or a third perspective. Um, a lot of people don't have that vulnerability to do that or the courage to do that because they feel so vulnerable or they're so afraid of what might come up or what somebody yeah. might say. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I agree. I d- a lot of people are afraid of that. Mm-hmm. I just actually told my mom this week, she was talking to me about whether sh- me or my brother should be an executor. And I said, fuck no you need to you need to hire a lawyer to be an executor because this is not going <laughs> to yeah. work it's yeah. not going to work at all no. she's well that's going to no. cost us money so yeah. it's it's better than david and i fighting over the estate i'm an executor yeah. you're not going to be the executor either <laughs> no <laughs> not for your mom because <laughs> oh, oh. your mom my mom would definitely choose you so, oh that'd be perfect i'll have harmony do it i'll like, do no. it no, oh, that sounds good. Have, her, have her call me. That's not work. <laughs> you should. <laughs> so can you can you tell us about how that came to be? How the seed? I, I mean, I really want to talk about your your time in Mysore and and mm-hmm. how that happened. And I feel like we probably should talk about that first. But how did the seed of starting the shala with you and Lotta, you know, taking over Maria's studio? How did that all happen? 
that happened uh, in 2008. Uh, uh, Maria had decided to sell the shala. Uh, and she uh, was looking for someone to take over, and uh, she asked a few other people, I think, and, and uh, then she asked me, uh, and uh, I said yes. <laughs> it was just <laughs> very easy and scary, but That's I, I just felt in my heart, I, yes, definitely. I was just about to, to go back to the university to finish my high school teacher degree. I had mm-hmm. everything planned for it, and um, then Maria asked me, and, and I felt like, definitely, yes, I should do this. Wow. Uh, and and then uh, after the meeting with Maria, I called Lotta uh, and I said, I think this is what we should do. What do you think? And she said, yes. Wow. Yeah. But then she also had to leave her, her job to go do that with you. Yeah, but she was also studying at the time, uh, figuring out what she wanted to do from then on. Um, so so I think it was just a good good timing. That we yeah. could do it actually. Like, I mean, we didn't have the money to buy the shala, but we figured that out uh, after some time, and it, it it took a little while, but but it felt so right from start. Very scary did and you, very right. Did you have to take on some some debt to put the capital together to buy it from from Maria? Yeah. Wow. Gosh, that's such a big jump, a big risk. Yeah, super big risk. Yeah, uh, like that. And at that time, two thousand eight, when the financial crisis uh, in the world, uh, mm-hmm. the banks didn't want to lend us money. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, I'm sure they were like, "What are you buying?" Yeah, it's How do you hard. Know it... The students will stay. I don't. <laughs> you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but, it's but, really, yeah. it's actually really hard to get money as a small business owner from the banks. It is. It is. <laughs> I've tried. Very, very yeah. You know? I mean, that was true even for us buying a house. Like you had all of the capital and I had yeah. a full time job. And that was the only way they gave us the, yeah. the mortgage yeah. was that I had a job and you, but you had, I had way more money. You had a truckload. <laughs> yeah. You had a truckload. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh. Like- I would be really, if I, in 2008, if I was with Guy in New York and I had stayed with him for another couple of years and he had come to me and said, I wanted to sell the Shala, I want you to take it over. I would, you know, I w- obviously I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mess and I'm, I, would, I would need someone who actually is intelligent to run the entire thing. Um, it's not <laughs> me. Uh, what I, what I'm, but what I'd be mostly concerned about is the transition from being a student to a teacher. And like that, that was the part that I think that I actually really miss in my life is, is not having Guy as my morning maestro teacher. Like I've had to do it all, all, all on my own. And, and now you have to as well. Like Maria was your teacher. You're working with her. But now you have to do it by yourself. You have to wake up at 3 a.m. and do it by yourself before class. Like, is, has that been hard? Yes. I mean, it, it, it was a big change and also very, very big shoes to fill. Mm. I mean, Maria was, was the pioneer here in Sweden, and she opened one of the first chalas in, in, in Sweden. And, and, I mean, she had a big role in, in the mm-hmm. yoga scene here in, in Stockholm and in Sweden, and she still does. Uh, so... I kind of, I was very, I knew this was right, but I was also very, very concerned that how, about how could I do it, you know? And and for a long time, I kind of felt I need to fill these shoes until I realized, no, I can't fill Maria's shoes. 
she's she's walking in them still and and I need to find my own way. <laughs> I love that she's walking in them still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The snowshoes. Yeah, she's using them. Yeah. And I need to use my own shoes, you know, but but like that and and to to assume the uh, assignment or the role and, and step up and be the main teacher because I, I kind of I like to work in teams and mm. I like to be the second or the sidekick I, I really enjoy being the sidekick you know mm-hmm. number two with Maria like that so, so I it took a few years until I realized I have to step up mm-hmm. and, oh, and, and um, uh, realize that, that I have decided to do this and, and I have students and as long as they're coming it's okay like that, huh. that, that I, I, I got a little bit more confidence after some years, I think. Yeah, that's a really big transition, actually. I yeah. think it's something that every like apprentice or every, you know, number two sort of goes through. And even, you know, right. we saw that with Sherat when <laughs> Tubby Joyce passed yeah. away. He did right? the same, didn't he? Yeah, it takes yeah, a couple of years actually before you feel like okay i'm actually like am i doing this is this me who am i <laughs> it takes a yeah. few i really want to take this on yeah it takes, fully. It takes yeah. a couple of years even if you do want to take it on fully it's like yeah to kind of figure out how and who yeah. you are and what's your style when you've that's been it. mentoring so closely with someone yeah sure complained for years about wanting to retire wanting to go do something else just be a yeah. photographer do safari not teach yeah but yeah. He, he had this enormous responsibility and he kind of took it on and then i think he finally settled into it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of an awkward stage isn't it definitely yeah very very awkward <laughs> but I also I felt the support from Charlotte. I, I got authorized that year we took over uh, took over the Shala, and and um, I really felt that he supported me not so much in taking over the Shala, but but as a student because I was yeah. I was always stressed of going to Mysore and, and couldn't stay for more than a month or or eventually two months, and he said you need to stay longer. And but in the, in your situation, he <laughs> said it's very good. <laughs> he knew that yeah. I had this voice and, and you know that I was struggling so he also kind of support me say it's good take it easy you know because because one month is good yeah eventually you come yeah. it's so. it's really it's it's amazing to me the, the amount of courage that you show with you know doing the the starting the shala on your own and buying it from Maria especially given that you described yourself as having so much anxiety starting yeah. out where does that courage where did that courage come from Hmm. I think maybe all the strong women that I've uh, had, you know, in my family, the lineage in my family are strong women, not so strong men. Uh, mm-hmm. Like my grandmother, she was really very much her own person, and and my mother, she she has been going through going through so many things in life, and she's a very very strong woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in many ways, she has showed me and supported me and us and, and saying that you can do whatever you want in that respect. Mm-hmm. So I, I well. think it's, it's um, I have it in me. I have the anxiety, but I also have that, that kind of strength in me. And when I feel that something is right in the heart, I go for it. I'm always super scared and I get a lot of anxiety. But, but so far, when I feel it's 100% right in my heart, I, I go. I do it. But then you that. did the same thing with your your idea to go to Mysore. Like you, you had to take this extraordinary leap to go to Mysore, but you didn't go with your children. No. Can you talk about that? Yeah. 
No, I, I, um, one of my my um, friends at the Shala, she she went to Mysore in two thousand and three, and she came back, and we celebrated her thirtieth birthday, and uh, she was so inspired, and uh, I've heard have heard have heard so much from Maria about Mysore, and um, at that dinner, the the birthday dinner, I felt like I need to go, I just need to go, and we were a group of of uh, students saying, okay, we go together. In one year, we, let's go in one year. We, we collect money, we save money, and we go in one year. Uh, and that kind of also sparked something in me. And I felt I could do it, actually. But I wanted to go by myself to explore and, and meet India for the first time uh, and see what it was like before I, I brought my boys. Uh, and you also you, and, was, your, you yeah, and your sorry. sister didn't go together? No, not at that time. We've been together uh, over the years, but not not that time. So okay. I traveled by myself. I had two two uh, friends from the Shala who was there at the same time, and we ended up sharing the, uh, an apartment. But mm-hmm. I, I went. I traveled by myself for the first time uh, to India, and I left my boys with their father. They were supposed to be with their father anyway for for a month during that summer. So that's that's how I kind of dared to go. Also, I I didn't. I had a hard time with that, being without my boys at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were living every other week life for quite many years and, and the weeks when I didn't have my boys I was kind of suffering a lot yeah. so I, I figured out that maybe I should go away somewhere where I, where I will be probably occupied with all the new things and, and that was that was a good choice and how old were your sons at this time? so this was 2004 uh, Alex was 10 and Jonathan was 8 yeah, and it's so hard to leave your kids when they're yeah. this age. It's yeah, I mean, and like you said, you've been struggling even with like one week on, one week off. I know, I yeah. I always struggle too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what it's like. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then and then how about like the people around you, like other women in your community? You know, did you get a lot of criticism for leaving? Because that's always something that comes up too, right? Yeah. When you leave for a month or something, yeah. Especially as a mother, um, yes. Yeah, there's a mother, lot of yeah. judgment sometimes. It is. It is, and I really experienced that as well from from a few friends that friends from um, old friends like that who had a hard time already to accept my change of life, uh, mm-hmm. going from a career to to study and to to do this yoga thing that they didn't understand at all. And from there to all of a sudden say, I'm going to go travel to India by myself and I'm going to leave the boys at home. They couldn't get their heads around that and they couldn't see how could I spend all that money on myself? Why didn't mm-hmm. I take the boys to, to you know, Canary Islands or something like that? <laughs> right. <laughs> Disneyland. Which, <laughs> Disneyland, yeah. Euro why, Disney. Yeah. What are you thinking like that? And that mm-hmm. was, it was, it was kind of hard and, and, and I felt, you know, a lot of things and a bit guilty until I felt like, no, this is just making me stronger in my decision to go. Mm-hmm. You know, we can have all have different opinions, but I know this is right. I know I need to do this. Yeah. It takes a great deal of, of strength and courage, you know, to, to say, I need this for me. I think yeah. especially as a mother and a woman to be able yeah. to like put yourself first. That's it. Yeah. As an outsider looking in under your gender, uh, <laughs> under just, our gender or honor, <laughs> as an outsider looking in, On. looking at your at? gender, um, 
it just seems like there's an enormous amount of criticism going on between you, between all <laughs> yes. of you. Men Sometimes. don't do this to each other in no. the same way. I mean, we'll, you know, we'll beat the shit out of each other and then arrest each other and put each other in jail. But <laughs> we, you know, we don't give each other like these enormous and guilt trips and it just seems <laughs> no. like your whole world is made up of one guilt trip after another between all of you <laughs> and it's I, it's just like a relentless all-day affair <laughs> with you people it, it can be it can be yeah but we can also be be the best supporters of each other I agree. You know, do you think so? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, all the women in my life that have been supportive as well, mm -hmm. uh, still are. I mean, that that's that's great. I mean, it's it's you can just leave the rest. It's their problem. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think that that you can find you know friends and women, especially when especially when they you know when they're aware of this pattern that we have to like you know, sometimes be critical of each other. Crush each other's dreams. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, if you have this awareness already, then you can really like do the work on yourself and and be super supportive of each yeah. other and not judgmental and not criticizing. But that's it. You, that's it. Yeah. You kind of have to do the work on yourself first and realize yeah. that everybody has a different way and and how much and how difficult it is as a woman, as a mother, to to make choices for yourself. Yeah. I think <laughs> that's you it. know, it's really really God. hard. And I think I think with the practice, I, because the yoga was the first thing in my life that I really did for myself. It didn't matter mm. who came with me or if I went by myself or I did it at home. I mm -hmm. I, I felt that it changed me so much in in, the, in a positive way, which also my boys early confirmed in, in different ways. <laughs> uh, that they kind of felt or thought that I was a better mom when I, I had done my practice. So so <laughs> I think that kind of spiraled into to me feeling that it's okay to do things for yourself and also that I want to be a woman and a mom to my sons and show them the way that it's okay to do things that you feel in your heart is the right thing for you to do, no matter what other people think. Yeah, it's a great example because also then they they when they grow up and become men as they as they are now, yeah, you know they have different um, ideas about women's roles and what yeah. you know what's okay for a woman to do, what's okay for a mom to do, what's okay right. for a wife to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they I, really they really do. They are like that with their girlfriends. They're super super good men I, nowadays. Yeah, young Ancient. men. Yeah, I, very strong. I, I heard a, uh, a statistic, a, a study of the the children of single moms mm. that girls are much more likely to have careers if they grew up with a single mom, mm -hmm. and boys are much more likely to clean. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> if you if there's a man in the house, then the woman just ends up picking up after the boy all the time. <laughs> and the boy like thinks, oh, this is the way I should live. This is natural that a woman picks up after me all the time. And it, it, now as a dad in the house with, with you and Jediah, I can see that my worldview is very different from say, Mr. Slater, your, your dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I just will not put up with it with him being looked after. <laughs> no. Like 
every every step of the day i'm on his ass to clean the house and i feel like jesus did i join the marines at one point in my life like this child is like growing up with like a, 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 a marines like a army sergeant yeah you feel it right he does too yeah yeah, yeah. he's gonna learn yeah. how to pick up after himself and when he goes off and gets married she's gonna be a little surprised she's gonna be appreciative I'm like sure. wow this guy really picks up after himself that's <laughs> wild just saying to the audience at home, divorce your husbands. <laughs> no. <laughs> Recommend it to everyone. That's good for the children. It's very it's good for the children. <laughs> good for the children. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. um, We're going to have to put some new kind of like warning at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> speaking, speaking of being good for the children, um, I'm interested in uh, your relationship with, a, with an old buddy of mine, uh, Bill Brundell that you met in Mysore. And I, I don't know how you all, I know that you're not together anymore. I don't know how you left it if on bad terms or anything, but I'm, what I'm curious about it is, is um, Bill's impact on raising your boys. And, you know, what was that like for you? Uh, I, yeah. Um, first of all, we, we, we left each other on good terms. We're really good friends, Bill and I oh. still. Um, and okay. we were together for quite a long time. But I find it, again, a little bit tricky to talk about since Bill is not here. Sure. Uh, yeah. to, to, because, I mean, uh, as I think you guys know, it's, it's good. And some things are really difficult to, to um, create a new family when there are already kids existing, so to speak. So, right, so yeah. what I do know is that my boys have uh, learned from him to be quite independent more mm-hmm. than from me, and to to um, uh, clean up. <laughs> <laughs> was he like the drill sergeant of cleaning up after themselves also? <laughs> yeah, I think, think maybe he would agree. I think he yeah. did ask Bill at some stage. But, but yeah, yeah. 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 That, but that's something that the boys actually have said, both of them, that, that they feel that when they moved away from home, that they felt that they were very capable of taking care of themselves in all levels. And, and they gave some credit to Bill for that. Oh. oh, that's yeah. super nice. W- was it yeah. difficult for you though to to negotiate, say, the values of your of your ex husband or ex partner and and Bill's values? Because that's kind of the situation that that Harmony is in, mm. where she has you know her expectations and she's kind of. Uh, would you agree with that, Harmony? Well, I think it takes a lot of communication, and that's yeah. always the tricky thing with you know being separated or divorced yeah. from your child's father is yeah. that you have to always be in this relationship of that has a lot of communication for things to go smoothly and to work, so that you're not always on different pages with things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Was that your experience, Lisa? Yeah, it was, but in in many ways, mainly the communication with me and the boy's father, but but also he met another woman um, quite mm-hmm. early after our divorce, uh, mm-hmm. which was very good, and and so he he never had many opinions on, on uh, regarding with whom I was deciding to live my life like that. So that was not uh, an yeah. issue, but we all we, we were also very, super different him and I. So of course we had have had discussions over the years about what what we think is right for the boys in many ways but he he we had the every other week situation for like seven years and then he moved away from stockholm 
Oh, wow. uh, 200 kilometers from here. So the boys ended up being there every other weekend and then not so much when they became teenagers, which is, is of course, very sad not mm. to have that close connection with their dad. But but for me, it was healing to have them more full time. Mm. Uh, and that's yeah. also the, the situation where, where Bill was a part of the boys was very much with us right. full time like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so he was sort yeah. of able to step into that surrogate role for a little while for them. Yeah, sort of. It, it was. It's always very clear that the boys have their father, and and you know, mm-hmm. like that. So, but yeah, yeah. not always easy. But it's yeah. nice for I think boys to have a a male figure to kind of look up to, though, in some ways. Yeah. You know, I think it's yeah. helpful for them. Yeah. Yeah, I think Definitely. I agree. I agree. I, there's a different. Um, I just, I think it is, it is, it, it, it makes for a, a different boy when there is a strong male figure in the house. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even if it's not in the house, like even if it's just like somebody in their lives, I think that's helpful. Yeah, it Whether could be it's anything. like, it could be a, like a coach, coach or yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Or a yeah. teacher or a, yeah. Yeah. Makes some, an enormous, someone. enormous difference. It does. I, you know, I, I want to say, um, if Bill's out there listening that I always really, <laughs> I just loved Bill I loved everything about the way that he comported himself. Um, he's a, um, just to kind of set him up for our audience, he was a, an older fella. Like I was there when I was, you know, 28. And I think he might have been ancient, like, you know, 45. <laughs> he was probably, yeah, 45 or <laughs> You know, you know really, really old. And um, he had been a hang glider and he was from New Zealand. And I just thought he was, he was awesome. The thing that I want to know most ab- about you and Bill and your relationship is, is how you came to own French Bulldogs. Because that seems extravagantly <laughs> expensive. And it's, I can't imagine how that all happened. Can you tell us more about... We only had one. We only had oh, one. yeah, well, that's we only less had expensive. Yeah. yeah, it was Thelma. actually my younger sister who who bought a dog like that, and we we met that little dog as a puppy, uh, um. and uh, and <laughs> fell in love and said we need to get one. So we did. <laughs> it was sort of like a miniature one too, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, she was quite small. She was quite small, little Thelma. Are they cheaper in in Sweden than they are in the states? Because there's like. <laughs> Like the <laughs> richest the people in San Francisco always had a Frenchie, yeah. I and mean, you'd walk by and it's like, "Oh, look! Look at them with their Maserati and their Frenchie." Yeah, God. it was an investment. I tell it you, it was an investment it was, <laughs> because it was worth it so much. It was beautiful. Oh, it was very beautiful. Oh, yeah. God, it was, well, that's it was very good to get her for, for my boys as well. It was a very good thing too. Get yeah, together. yeah, I know. Mm. Jedi is always begging us for a dog these days. Yes, yeah. 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 Age, so, isn't it? Can, so can you tell us about your boys? What are what are they like? What are they up to now? They seem like giants in the photos. <laughs> I know. I don't know where they came from. It's so weird. <laughs> when I look up to them, it's like, oh my God. But how they, tall are, how tall are you? I'm uh, 170 centimeters. I don't know what that means. Are you the same no, height no, as, as Harmony? Maybe are you, five foot seven? Oh, you're you're tall. Five foot six? Your boys are huge. Yeah, they're huge. They're oh my Jonathan god! Jonathan is almost two meters. The youngest is almost two meters. Wow! So what is that? What is two meters? Okay, what is that? I don't know the the. That sounds like stuff. a seven footer. Are they seven <laughs> no. footers? <gasps> they're six feet seven. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! 
your boys are six feet seven. Are they, what? I mean, what do they do? Are they are they like um, uh, berserker barbarians, <laughs> or they play hockey? What do they no. do? They're, they're dedicated <laughs> skateboarders, actually. Both skateboarders. of them. Skateboarders. What a yeah, waste definitely. of size. That's their passion. Oh. Uh, both of them. They should be cool. crushing they're skulls. They're both studying somewhere. at the university to become school teachers. Oh, <laughs> they're going to be principals <laughs> pushing the kids around. Oh, my goodness. Well, how lovely. So, that's so interesting that your like desire to teach school sort of became yeah. realized in their own ambitions. Like that karma was sort of passed on and born into them. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really amazing. So Alex, my oldest, he, he's he's getting his teacher's degree uh, by Christmas. Wow. He's actually getting his teacher's, you know, the the diploma yeah. certification way before me because I never got it. He's very proud of that. So wow, you never you never incredible. taught in the end. No, I didn't actually. Wow. I didn't. I, I kind of ended up with the yoga full time. Well, you ended up teaching um, yoga, so yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> just teaching, not you know, not school teachers. <laughs> no, not the way I was thinking. Yeah, so, but yeah, yeah, but, but a whole beautiful. a whole career devoted to teaching, actually, for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely, very much so. But I just yeah. Sometimes I fantasize about going back to Sweden and and seeing if I fit in, you know, and like find other Jewish Swedish boys and see if I look like them. But it, like from, from the the pictures that I see, like I'm not going to fit in in Sweden. Like some short, ugly little man isn't going to fit in in Sweden. You know, it's be ridiculous. I, I think you would fit in very well here, actually. Yeah. I I do I do. Well, we're gonna, <laughs> we'll, we'll test it out next year when we you sh- go yeah, in come. April. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to come like, to Stockholm then. Yes. All the chairs are going to be too small for me. <laughs> too small or too big? Or too, too big, big, yeah. Too yeah. big. All the chairs are going to be big. too big for me. You're sitting there like a little child most of the time. Yeah, but like, do you know what's so interesting? Like the these big strapping, like, you know, descendants of vikings yeah, yeah, yeah. created little small ikea places yeah. that are compact ikea yeah so there must be some some very small places in sweden that that require compact design yes there are many small apartments in stockholm for instance with yeah. very large people inside of them. Very large yeah. people inside. Many, many people and very large because it's so expensive to get an apartment here. So, so people are kind of buying small places and then they squeeze in there. Wow. Yeah. Like San Francisco. <laughs> Stockholm's the San Francisco of just, Europe. Just imagining these very large people squeezed into these apartments. <laughs> and they open up the door. You see this massive head just there in the hallway. I'm like, oh, can you, you know, you can't even walk in. The heads are so large. Um, can you, can you explain to us? So, what is your day like? I know that with COVID, everyone's day is, you know, with a computer. But what does a day in the life of Lisa look like now? What do you, what happens? When do you wake up and what do you do? And Yeah, we're, we're, in all? Sweden, we're pretty open. So now we, yeah, we kind of, it's regular amount of people at the Shala. So, so I, I get up 4, 4.30. Uh, and most mornings I, I teach first and practice after. 
Yeah. And uh, then what I time? have uh, sensible four thirty. Yeah, I get it. I get up four four thirty. Uh, I need a long time to wake up. So then I'm at the shala quarter to six. Yeah. And teach to till eight. Nowadays I have two oh, hours practice? only in the morning. No, she teaches first and then she first. practices. Oh yeah, after yeah, yeah. She that's yeah. sensible. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, also you have to get up at like one or two a.m. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's no. <laughs> I'm not, not going to do that more. Not when good. I'm in Mysore, it's okay, but no, yeah. I, I, I do. I get up like on Friday mornings before lead primary. I get up and practice before normally, uh, and if I have something that I need to do straight after, I, I get up and practice before. But otherwise, I practice uh, at um, eight, mm -hmm. and then I can be at the shala, and uh, my colleague Camila takes over the class for one and a half hours, so I can be in a group and I can be with oh, her. Oh, that's beautiful. so nice! I'm so lucky. Oh, so I'm nice. so wow. So, so yeah, I love that. It's really, really good. And then and when then do you I, go we, to the sauna? <laughs> I don't do that so often, actually. <laughs> oh, that's but we, we are installing uh, uh, like uh, one of these very uh, modern saunas at the Shala now. This uh, infrared oh, nice. sauna. You're kidding me? Very very healthy. This no, is, this is yeah. this is one of the Shala. That's nice. How do you yes. pronounce it in Sweden? How do you pronounce sauna? Or do you say sauna? Uh, no, we say bastu. We say bastu. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> That's a very different pronunciation of the word. Yeah. <laughs> bas, bastu. Because in Finland it was sauna. Sauna. In sauna. Okay. Maybe no, just because they were saying it in English. I don't know. Bastu. Bastu. You have a bastu in your shala. Yeah, That's in one amazing. of the rooms. We, we have oh, that. God. We will have it. Yeah. Can we move to Sweden? Is there because when our family left there we left because there was no food. Is there food yeah. there now? I'm thinking there's a lot of food here now. Why yeah. was there no food? Why did we leave? Yeah, what because happened? Was, I I should was, know my history better, but it was it was quite many years of, of starvation and then the harvests uh, failed and it was terrible, very terrible so, here. So like a mm. like a like a fungus? Yeah, might have been. I don't know. We have to we have to study this, Russell. We have to yeah. look it up on, on internet. Because I don't want to That's move right. to Sweden and then end but... up with another fungus, and I'm starving no. again. Though I could use to, I could lose some weight. Honestly, we have plenty of good food here. And so, what's but what's going on in your life now? Do you, have you found love again? What what's what's been happening with you? Yes, I, oh. I have. Yes, I have found love again. Yeah, I, I, I thought I was done with that part of my life now. But, yeah, but yeah. you know, when love comes, it's nowhere to hide. Yeah. Did you find it on the internet? Did you? <laughs> internet. Was a like a like a like a stork came to the house with love? That is how people find love, though. Now is that's it, yeah. Oh, with yeah. The internet, yeah. With the internet, yeah. No, I didn't. Unless they're I, in a something. cult like us. <laughs> that's it, because I'm in a cult, so it's someone that I knew for many, many years. Oh yeah, uh, and so how did you arrange to to get? To, how did it all flower? <laughs> in in Mysore. Uh, oh, you met we, him in Mysore. Yeah, we, yeah, we met many times before, but we we spent uh, we were there at the same time in two thousand and eighteen, and we were translating Sharati's uh, book together to to Danish and Swedish, and, and that's oh. kind of how it started. And then you just shoved the books aside and made out <laughs> on the table. That's fantastic. It's pretty incredible to find love like later on in life. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 
it's it's really yeah it's very special and it's very beautiful and it's the first time kind of when i'm an adult by myself in a relationship it feels like because i was so young when the boys came and 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 they've been living with me all this time and now they're on their own and i live on my own uh, and uh, kind of just a grown-up so that's new. yeah yeah Yeah. Mm. it's sort of like us like uh getting a a do-over yeah Hmm. that's it Yeah. You were at quite an advanced age when you fell in love again, Harmony. Yeah, it's it's nice. It makes you feel young, kind of. Yeah, it does. Very much so, actually. Yeah. It was yeah. like being and a especially teenager. Especially when you kind of decided, like, no, it's not for me. I, I, I'm not going to do that anymore. And, and, yeah. And, and it happens anyway. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. I'm very are grateful. You, are you oh, dating? Nice. What are you What are you doing? How do you? What's this arrangement like? <laughs> So I think nosy. we can. <laughs> I think we can call it a, a distance relationship, or a long distance relationship. Long distance, yeah. yeah. Long thank distance, God yeah. for the internet, right? Yeah, thank God for the internet and FaceTime. During, yeah, FaceTime. And, <laughs> and this fellow Jens, how do you say his last name? Bosch. Bach. 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 Oh, I can't. I can't say it in Danish actually. Bach. Yeah. I say in Swedish. Yeah. I know Jens. He's such a such a sweet and pleasant man, and yeah. he's in Copenhagen. And do he's you, in Copenhagen. That's quite close to you, actually. Yeah, it's like uh, 600 kilometers from here. Okay. And there's like a high-speed train, right? Yeah. So it takes yeah. a little bit more than five hours with the train. Okay. That's okay. so nice. Do you, do you see each other on, on weekends? Do you, do you manage to get one in the middle of the week? When we can, yeah. Uh, I go there when I have, you know, and I can create space in my schedule, and he comes here when he can create space in his schedule. So the the beautiful thing is also it doesn't have to be in a certain way at this age. Also, with not having kids at home, it can be just what it is, and it's 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 nice to be able to be open to figure it out, just to figure it out. Yeah, and to be working really well. That's beautiful. Yeah, and not to have to have it be defined in any particular way or look any particular way. You can kind of yeah. Just enjoy what is. It is, yeah. It's like mm. feeling of freedom in that. I, I think. Mm-hmm. In the in the first year, I would fly up to Calgary and I'd come see you, and then you'd take me to the airport, and we would just sob, We'd just <laughs> yeah. fucking fucking yeah. bawl our eyes out. Yeah, yeah. It's horrible. We seemed to yeah. like that's that was that was more that was more intense than the, all the rest of it was the sobbing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I missed that. I missed the sobbing. <laughs> I can't go to the store now. You don't sob. <laughs> I drop Jetty off at school and I wave goodbye. And you don't like, you're not crying or like, <laughs> terrified that you'll never see me again. <laughs> it's not so dramatic anymore, right? No, no. 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 It does die down after a while. Yeah. <laughs> the drama part. Yeah. But should. like this, we're kind of keeping the drama. In, yeah, in it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of a good way, right? Yeah. 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 Passionate. <laughs> book <Yeah>. translations. <laughs> That's yeah, wonderful. Nice. And all throughout COVID, you've been hosting these online classes with Sharat. Yeah. And Together it's with, been, with, yeah. Yeah. With, with what studios? With the uh, um, Maestro House Madrid, Jose and Rafa, and with Susana Finocchi, oh. and with Jens uh, and Nina yeah. yeah. So it's been a beautiful thing to do it as a group. Yeah, all it's, like it's throughout Spain, Europe, right? Spain, Spain, Copenhagen, Spain Denmark, and, and Italy. Denmark, Italy. thank you. Yeah. So Italy and Sweden. Goodness. <laughs> They're all very good friends. So it's, yeah. Okay. No drama there. But it's so nice. It's nice to, to be able to, again, to like create that community and have have like 
friends supporting each other in yeah. in these big projects. Yeah, it's been so helpful during this COVID time to have these projects to, to work with together with them and to connect with them mm-hmm. uh, and create this space where we can be with our teacher. And it's it's been really, really nice. But now we yeah. hope that we can get charity to come here next year. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. We hope yeah. Maybe. Any, any country yeah. that you'll be welcome in will be Sweden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyone can come. No problem. Yeah, we'll yeah. have to see if that's India what we opens understand. its borders. Yeah. That's the that's the difficult thing. Yeah, it is. I'm very excited. I guess I can announce it on the show. I was awarded my my permanent residency in Canada. So the next time I leave, oh. they they have to let me back in. They have to. <laughs> there's, no, there's no question. You can't leave till you get that little card. Though. Well, I'm gonna get that card soon. But it's it's coming. They they got my my little photo, and they're gonna send me the card, and then we're gonna go to Sweden, I guess, and hang yeah. out and hang and out. Come meat, and hang out. Meatballs. I don't meatballs know. My grandmother too. made me meatballs, Swedish ones. Oh. And they were delicious. <laughs> I don't know if they make like little vegan, vegan, vegan tofu ones. They Swedish do. meatballs. We're, really? We're not Ooh, sure. vegan. Yeah, definitely. Sweet. We make them with, with soy, <laughs> mint soy meat, you know, like that. You oh, can yeah. make really good meatballs. Ah. Do you use like ah. sage and thyme? Is that is that what you do? Yeah, you can do. Yeah, That's okay. nice. To have, yeah. yeah. D- different uh, houses have different recipes. It's like in India with all the idlis and stuff. My right. my grandma would always take a pound of hamburger and then yeah. like s- and like just like soak it in sage and thyme and have a very particular flavor and then she'd shove that inside of a turkey. Oh, and then we'd eat it. It was delicious. And it's the thing that I miss most it's is my grandmother's like a stuffing meatball. It's a stuffing meatball. Yeah. It's like yeah, it you, it's like so it. much meat inside. Like, why would you shove meat inside of a because bird? Because then it yeah. like it sucks all the juices. You know this. We watch so many cooking shows. We do. <laughs> I just don't understand why you would shove one animal inside of another. Well, who knows about <laughs> these? But is it a <laughs> barbaric ways? <laughs> but is it intrinsically Swedish to shove meat inside of another animal? Like, do you take turkey w- and shove it inside of a cow skull? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's kind of something I haven't heard of here. <laughs> I don't think it's a Swedish thing at all. Uh, Lisa, I'm sorry to to irritate you for so long. Or <clears throat> this no, has been very all. affectionate and it's lovely so to spend beautiful. time with you. So nice to share your story and to hear about I don't know these really intimate topics. And thank you so much for just being so vulnerable and sharing so much of your experience with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It was such an honor to be a part of this beautiful podcast. So thank you so much. It's been wonderful mm. to talk to you I guys. Hope you, I hope you do get certified. I think he'll do it. <laughs> Sometimes if you just you never know. If you just you ask know. him, there's a guy. Um, you know, another twenty years, Lisa. It's yours for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you should, yeah, just ask. And you're teaching online still, Lisa. And if people wanted to join these classes with Sherrod or join one of your Mysore classes, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at yogashala.stockholm.se. Uh, we have all the information on our webpage. And they're more than welcome to, to come and, and, and practice with me or with Sharati when we have him. Hmm, perfect. I was there a couple of weeks back when you had a class yes. with him. And it's so much I fun, so lovely. It was yeah, so nice to have you there. It was so nice just to see everyone and say hello. Yeah, and 
it's a beautiful way of connecting with the community. Yeah, mm. yeah it's gorgeous. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. How, is there some kind of affectionate Swedish way to say goodbye? Did you say you say ciao? Is that how you say it in Swedish? That that's Italian. You say, <laughs> <laughs> you say hey doa. Hey noa. Hey doa. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow Watching the breaking